0: In any given year, one in five Canadians will experience a mental health problem. And the cost to the health care system is staggering. An estimated $7.9 billion back in 1998... But the cost in human lives, of course, is even more concerning. Suicide is one of the leading causes of death in both men and women in Canada, right from adolescence through to middle age. 4,000 Canadians between 15 and 24 will take their lives this year. If these stats from the Canadian Mental Health Association scare you, you're certainly not alone. Cheryl Hebert was born in Winnipeg and says she didn't have an easy start. By the time she was in high school, Cheryl was noticing depression and anxiety creeping in. It wasn't
1: until my 20s that I realized I had some really serious work to do, and I needed to heal. And so that's when the journey really began, and I started seeking some coaching and counseling and reading even more and starting to take workshops and being involved in groups of women who were then my age now, so 50s, and I realized eventually it was my calling.
0: Cheryl is now a wellness coach and spends much of her time within a corporate environment. It's all about employee's mental health
1: and how can they how can they move through their day without losing it? You know, how can they handle the workload most people have are doing the jobs of 2 to 3 people now. So their mental health is greatly affected and then they take that home. So I find when I do corporate wellness programs I'm really teaching people, you know, how how can you manage that daily stress or the anxiety or the depression Or the work-life balance.
0: On this episode of Run It Like a Girl, Cheryl has some great tips to help you wind down after a long day at the office.
1: So you've got to have some tools in your toolbox that you can go to. Whether it's a book, whether it's a cup of tea, or a hot bath. We're so busy, we're so inundated with technology and responsibility everywhere in our life, we don't have downtime. Even using our devices, you know, I tell people one hour minimum before you go to bed because it overstimulates the nervous system, keeps the brain running, and the brain doesn't have the opportunity. About 8 p.m., the brain starts to produce melatonin and growth hormone, which heals the body while we sleep and allows us to start to move gracefully into a, a relaxed state.
0: Cheryl has some advice on how to turn unhealthy work habits around. She talks mentorship and mindfulness, and she has some wise advice for those just starting out.
1: Stick, really, you know, stick to your dreams. Stick to those gut instincts. Stick to those heart, you know, your heart's compass that's really guiding you and giving you ideas and dreams. But we often just think, it's I can't do it. It's too much. It's too big. No one does that. But none of the great inventors came up with their invention, you know, like that. They often had to really work at it and develop it and make so many mistakes first. So be okay with the mistakes that you make along the way, and keep trusting your instincts, those deep desires,
0: your your truest truth. Cheryl Hebert on this episode of Run It Like a Girl.
2: Well, today I am really excited because I have finally been able to make it to Kingston, Ontario after a couple tried attempts, but the weather this winter has been absolutely crazy to meet with Cheryl Hebert. And Cheryl, we were just talking a few minutes ago about your title and what we should use, but you do so much, so much, and it's so awesome. So you're a wellness uh, wellness coach, personal growth coach, authentic leadership facilitator. Thank you so much for joining us, and I can't wait to talk about all the different components of what you do.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so glad that you made it through the ice and snow and... (laughs) In Canada.
2: In Canada, I mean Canada, <laughs> so what can we expect, right? Mm-hmm. And we just talked about you uh, coming from Winnipeg, which is a lot mm-hmm. different than here in Ontario.
1: Much colder. Um,
2: so winter has a different definition.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited to share time with you today, Bonnie.
2: Awesome, that's great. Well, let's get started. I'd love to start, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your background, where you started your career, and how you ended up with this uh, repertoire of uh, of experience that you have.
1: Yes, well, it's been an interesting journey, and it really started at a young age. And it's interesting when I look back to when I really started to read what I would call spiritual texts around ten, fourteen. I was reading Wayne Dyer, which back then who knew who Wayne Dyer was? So this is forty years ago that I was really starting to read, and but I would hide it. I would, you know, I, I call it coming out of my spiritual closet, where my friends would come over and I'd hide all my, you know my books and my statues or my candles or my incense, you know, I'd hide all those things. And, but really a lot of people that do what I do, which is a lot of spiritual teaching. And I, and I've written a few little books and it's really my own trauma and starting life out in probably not the easiest way. And so when I really started to notice depression in high school and anxiety and panic and, and just different things It wasn't until my 20s that I realized I had some really serious work to do, and I needed to heal. And so that's when the journey really began, and I started seeking some coaching and counseling and reading even more and starting to take workshops and being involved in groups of women who were then my age now, so 50s. And I realized eventually it was my calling that I really wanted to be that person who wasn't there for me when I needed somebody to guide me through. I definitely had people in my life over time, but there wasn't someone like me. And all of the work that I do now is so, it was then was so new. Yoga, meditation, energy healing, all of those things were, they weren't really talked about, even though a lot of methods and a lot of modalities that i teach and use in healing sessions or eastern traditions that have been around for thousands of years it's taken us in north america much longer to accept and and, and start to utilize many of those practices
2: yeah absolutely you hear that and i think um I can say, you know, I've been in the in the workforce long enough now that I've, I've seen a shift, especially in terms of mental wellness yes. and what uh, employers are are, mm-hmm. are kind of trying to do now in order to help their employees live a mm-hmm. uh, healthy, well-balanced life, which I don't think uh, was the case even maybe even 10 oh, years ago. Oh my
1: gosh, no. Mental health, and, and that's where my journey began. That was really mental health. And that's what depression is. And that's what anxiety is. You know, they're, they're mental health challenges. When I do corporate wellness workshops now, it's all about employees' mental health and how can they how can they move through their day without losing it? You know, how can they handle the workload? Most people have are doing the jobs of two to three people now. So their mental health is greatly affected, and then they take that home. So I find when I do corporate wellness programs, I'm really teaching people, you know, how, how can you manage that daily stress or the anxiety or the depression or the work-life balance. How can you manage that during your day and take it home to your family? So here's some tips and techniques. Use them during the day, but show your kids, show your partner, share it with each other in the workplace. If you see someone having a hard day, I always say, just say, remember what Cheryl taught us, (laughs) you know, do what Cheryl said. Here's the handout she gave us. And so really starting to, even within the corporate environment with mental health awareness is supporting each other because people often feel very confined in their little cubicles and separate and they're just slugging away meanwhile when you start to have these um this support system within the corporate environment where everybody's done the same workshop or even if they haven't here's you know i I say feel free take the take the handouts take the information share with anyone you want
2: yeah i mean and I, i think that's amazing i also think when you talk about uh what kind of work means now now with you know cell phones and and people can be reached every every moment of every day so you know email comes in 24 hours a day now and and so that is a big shift in in how in how people have worked over the last 20 years um so how do you think you what do how do you think you teach people or or what can people do to really actively shut down when they leave
1: To actively shut down. Well, they've got to have some practices. So you've got to have some tools in your toolbox that you can go to, whether it's a book, whether it's a cup of tea or a hot bath, or I teach people energy techniques to manage the stress and manage, you know, that nervous system, right? Because what happens is we're so busy. We're so inundated with technology and responsibility everywhere in our life. We don't have downtime and we don't often have the, the, the tips, tools and techniques. So it's, It's um, So our nervous system is on overload, even using our devices. You know, I tell people, one hour minimum before you go to bed because it overstimulates the nervous system, keeps the brain running, and the brain doesn't have the opportunity. About 8 p.m., the the brain starts to produce melatonin and growth hormone, which heals the body while we sleep and allows us to start to move gracefully into a, a relaxed state. If we're on our devices and TV and Netflix... Yes, I love Netflix. <laughs> but if we're on our devices till, till 10 p.m., we're not giving our body the opportunity to truly unwind. And if we sleep with our phones beside our bed, our brain, we're not moving into the, the, the brainwave state that we need to move into a deep restorative sleep.
2: Right. So, so put your phone in a drawer somewhere and leave it alone. Turn
1: the Wi Fi off, and you can still use your alarm.
2: Oh, I see. Yeah, you're right, because I use
1: mine for my alarm. (laughs) We all do. (laughs) I do, too. I turn the Wi-Fi off, and I actually leave it in my bathroom. I can hear the alarm from a mile away. Of
2: course, it forces you to get up. (laughs) It forces you to get
1: up, so that's what I do. So it's really starting to adopt consistent practices that you know work for you.
2: Um, And your thoughts, and I have a feeling we can't, maybe we can't get it down to top two things, but uh, organizations and large corporations, or any any place that employs people, what are... Two things or a few, a couple things, three things that they can do to really support their workers?
1: One would be offering them, so sort of like the wellness programs that I offer, offering them. So, what I've done is they often have me come in for 45 minutes on a lunch hour, and they love that. They can bring in their lunch. I always have tea and snacks and treats, you know, to lure them in (laughs) and to give them an opportunity to just chill out during their lunchtime and learn some new tips and techniques together so that's what I've seen a lot of employers doing however the feedback that I've received is they don't want to do it on their lunch they'd rather doing it do it during work time because sometimes they need their lunch time to run errands Mm -hmm. check in with their family and they do need to breathe yeah so offering workshops but also really creating community within your organization so that people feel that they're part of something bigger there's a lot of me 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 we've really got to move more from me to we even within the workspace Because people are feeling like they're slugging it out, they're waiting for Friday, they're just putting in their time. But if you create a corporate environment that feels inclusive and people are supporting each other. So I have a lot of different ways that we might do that in little workshops. And just, you know, here, you know, when you see somebody moving through stress, show them that, you know, show them that breathing technique. Show them that, that way that they can energetically relieve the stress and bring their nervous system back to a state of calm.
2: Right. Uh, you know, that's, that's interesting. And something else I've been hearing a lot about, uh, you know, even within my own organization, I know a couple of my colleagues that practice it is mindfulness. Yes. Um, I'd love it. What is mindfulness? Like, what is that?
1: <laughs> huh? Well, there's, there's a lot of ways to define mindfulness. How long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it can be, there's many layers to being mindful, being present being in your body and being really aware of the task at hand. We're often not present. We're running. We're worrying about the next 10 things we have to do. So even when we're in yoga class or in meditation, so I always tell people I teach Kundalini Yoga and I say, okay, bring yourself back to your mat. I know where you are. You're working on your shopping list right now.
2: <laughs> right? Yes, absolutely. That's what we do.
1: Yeah. So a lot of it is being mindful in, in the way we speak, in the way we move, in the way that we... Um, we interact with other people and staying present and you know current with what we are doing right now.
2: So really focused on the moment instead of thinking about all oh, those other things you have to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of mindfulness and it's rather than reacting, being more proactive. And we often, when we're irritated, our nervous system is overstimulated or more reactive. So it's really being more proactive, taking that step back, taking a deep breath before we, Offer some sort of statement, or it, it's often a reaction, right. which doesn't always serve us. We often say things we really don't want to say,
2: and also just trying to take things off, right? Get it
1: done, get on to the next things thing off the list. We've just all got way too much to do.
2: <laughs> yes, I, I agree. With we that. just do. Be interesting to know how you get back to having the right right amount on your. Well, plate. you
1: know what it is: <laughs> is sometimes we feel obligated to do everything. Are you saying yes when you really want to say no? We do that a lot and we're trained and and, and we're often doing way more because we don't know how to set boundaries. We don't know how to say no. And so our life balance becomes completely off when sometimes it's... So what I suggest people do is if you've got things you really want to do, if you want to take yoga, if you want to meditate, if you want to go for walks in nature, you've got to book all of that in first take your day timer take your your planner and mark yourself in first and then every everything else later of course if it's a 9 to 5 job that's going to be what it is but if there's those really beautiful things make sure you get a weekend a month with your love with your partner have a date night everyone says it but no one does it and they'll 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 often say well you know what this came up and I'm not I'm going to cancel but if you don't really fill your own well first very easy to get out of balance and and too stressed
2: and that you're really not good to anyone including yourself
1: right it's like me offering you here's my cup of tea and I've got nothing and you're really thirsty oops sorry (laughs) so if my well is full and I'm really nourishing myself with the things that I love so when I get really busy or people tell me that they're too busy the busier you are the longer you need to meditate
2: right yes and it's almost become a badge of honor I think for people to say I'm so busy I'm so busy
1: yes well there's a lot of there's a lot of um even when you look at media, etc., there's a lot of um, positive feedback that you get. Oh, you're busy. Look at you. You're working 80 hours a week. And no, no. That's long-term. That's not sustainable.
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I'd love to talk for a minute because you talked uh, at yeah. the beginning. You mentioned, you know, having people in your corner. And,
1: um, and how now you are
2: that for a lot of people. I would love to, uh, get your thoughts on, you know, what mentorship means to you, both as having people in your corner, but also as a mentor.
1: Huh? Well, personally being mentored, as soon as I realized how much support I needed as, as I was moving through my spiritual journey. I realized I've always got to have somebody who's done it before, someone who's been successful. So right now I do have a beautiful wise woman in my life. She's in her seventies and she's someone that I've gone to for over 15 years and lots of wise counsel and support in the area of my personal development. But I also have an amazing business mentor in Vancouver who's incredible, successful, amazing. And I've been connected with her for I think almost 10 years now. So she's someone that I regularly will Skype with who helps me with some of the business aspect. And so I find I need both to nourish myself spiritually, but also the the, the wise savvy business aspect. Right. So I've always got at least two people in my life and, and then, and then a few more that sort of that come in and out as I, as I need them. But I really, really feel that we all need some sort of wise counsel that we can consistently rely on. And that also that is going to call us on our S H I D. right? Yes. Call us and say, yeah. listen, you know, that's, that's something you really need to be aware of and, and really help you out with that. And then as far as being a mentor, I help a lot of people with their purpose, the purpose part of their life. And not, it's not, it has, to, doesn't have to be some grand purpose, but what are the next steps in the journey of your life right now?
2: That, yeah, that's interesting. And I, I like what you said about, uh, someone that'll call you on your, yes. because, uh, you know, one's doing anyone any favors by just agreeing with everything you say or not correcting behavior or things like that, because you're, you think you're being kind and you don't want to, you know, hurt someone's feelings or, but Really, we, you're not helping them progress at all.
1: We live in a society where it's more important to fit in and to be light than it is to be who we uniquely are. Yeah. We do. We try to fit in. We try, we're try. we people pleasers. We try to do everything right. Oh, my goodness. Again, not sustainable. <laughs> no.
2: No, it's not. And it's hard to not live an authentic life. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, too many, uh, there's too many ways that your real self does sneak out. But if you're not embracing it, how are you ever going to be yeah. proud of who you are?
1: So I love, I really love to help, help people find, sort of rediscover their brilliance. It's always been there. Yeah. It's just rediscovering it and then looking at it in a way that, whew, okay, you know, I can do this and I've got some support and I know the next steps doesn't, you know, keeping the end point in mind, but we've still got to be mindful of each step as we move through and we get to where, and there's no really, there's no real destination. Right. It's always a journey. I posted the other day. I said, I woke up this morning. Therefore, I still have work to do. Huh. You know, yes. when I'm dead, I'm done. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. At least for this life.
2: Yes. You're right. And you know, you see those, um, it memes all the time, right? That no one, no one regrets not spending enough time at the office.
1: Right. Right. And no one really cares how clean your house is, but they'll care how you make them feel.
2: Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's a good one um, that, uh, that you know, I think a lot of people struggle with. You want your everything to be perfect, but really people just want you to be present and they want yeah. you to be there. Mindful. Yeah, I agree yeah, with that. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a neat way of looking at it. And so I actually have one final question for you. Yeah. And this is a question we ask everyone that we interview. Mm-hmm. So if, uh, if you could uh, sit down now and you weren't with me, but you had a cup of tea and a 20-year-old version of yourself was sitting across from you. Uh, What would your conversation look like and what kind of advice would you give yourself?
1: Oh, wow. You know, when I was in my 20s, I would journal every day and I was journaling about... So I'm 55 now. So I'm in my 20s and I'm journaling about how I'd like to have a wellness... I didn't call it wellness... A healing place where people could come and I'd have a chiropractor and i have a massage therapist and all these things and I'd have a healing center and I would teach people how to be well before they got sick. But I didn't know what that meant, and the verbiage <laughs> that I used then was 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 something else. And then I kind of, you know, I, now I'm on my journey and I'm teaching wellness, etc. But I never really built whatever that facility was was going to be. And what I found is is that anyway, I'd, when I did, I had it. I was too much of an administrator. But what I did was I really didn't follow my dream. So I had this really strong gut instinct about what I wanted to do, and I still am doing it. It's just different than what it looked. So what I would say to a 20 year old version of me stick really you know stick to your dreams stick to those gut instincts stick to those heart you know your heart's compass that's really guiding you and giving you ideas and dreams but we often just think it's i can't do it it's too much it's too big no one does that but none of the great inventors came up with their invention or you know like that they often had to really work at it and develop it and make so many mistakes first so be okay with the mistakes that you make along the way And keep trusting your instincts, those deep desires, your your truest truth. I would also suggest, even within that same context, is really stand your ground. Meaning that make sure that when you're sharing your goals, ideas, and dreams, only with people that will support you. Don't tell anyone that you think is going to criticize you. And if they do, stop talking to them about it. You want to really surround yourself with people that will solidly support you no matter how crazy that idea might be. It's the craziest ideas that are often the most incredible inventions and and, 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 you know new shifts that happen in our on our planet. And then the third one would be it doesn't matter how small the task or how small the step every single one is going to get you there. We sometimes think, so when I think back to when I was younger and I was waitressing or I was I was selling greeting cards door to door or whatever it was that I was doing, every single thing, every job, every experience that I had gave me some resource that I still utilize. So no task, no job, no step along the way is too small. Well, Cheryl,
2: that's, uh, I think there's some really amazing advice that you've given and uh again i'm so happy that you agreed to be on our podcast and just thank you so much for welcoming me into your home and for the delicious tea and the amazing conversation
1: thank you thank you you. i'm honored
0: run it like a girl is hosted by bonnie moak brian long is the producer web design and technical assistance provided by dan moak and music courtesy of the talented brooklyn gillichuk On the next episode of Run It Like a Girl, Canadians fell in love with Kaylee Humphreys during the 2010 Winter Olympics in Vancouver, when she and Heather Moyes became the first Canadian women to win gold in Olympic bobsledding. But they weren't done. The duo became the first women ever to repeat as Olympic bobsleigh champions when, during the 2014 Games in Sochi, they took home gold and were named Canada's flag-bearers for the closing ceremony. Kaylee would go on in 2018 to become Canada's most decorated Olympic bobsledder after winning the bronze in Pyeongchang. She talks to us about what it takes to become an Olympic athlete and a national role model. Kaylee Humphreys on the next episode of Run It Like a Girl.